G'day legends and welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. This is number two of our mini episodes where we go through runner by runner, one of our bigger races for the year. We've obviously already done this previously a couple of weeks ago for the Everest and guess what? It is Cox Plate Day. It's Wait for Age Championship Day. Jackson, no other way to do it rather than go through through from one through the top. Mate, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, Easter, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Black Friday shopping, Happy Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, whatever holiday you can come up with. Bar Mitzvah. Queen's birthday, King's birthday, Bar Mitzvah, Quinceanera, whatever you want to come up with, mate. It's coming up tomorrow for a punter. So all the best, mate. Enjoy. Wedding anniversary. Throw that in there, maybe. If, is that mm. a crook or? Well, that's a bit topical, actually. I'll tell you why. Because it's come up in my sort of uh, inner circle, mate, around anniversaries. Okay. Is it is it appropriate? And this is a question for all the young males out there. We'll get the other female audience after to answer. But okay. is it appropriate to celebrate an anniversary before you're married? So you're dating or your girlfriend, boyfriend anniversary. What's your take, mate? Yeah, my take is that you got you just got to enjoy the little things in life. That's the way mm. I'm ingrained. And you might think, oh, well, you're not married. Like, what are you celebrating? But it's also like, why not celebrate it? And that's the mm. way I look at it. So, you know, you might be with a girl for two or three years and then you might break up from that point. You might be with that girl forever. You might have seven or eight anniversaries, then get engaged and get married. What a story that is. And you get to build, you know, <laughs> I think that's great. And look, I think age comes into it as well. Like if you're a young pup, mm. 16, like you're probably celebrating every three months, maybe less, but mm. I enjoy the moment. And I think it's probably not about us. Is it? It's probably more. It never it. is. No. It never is. No. And we've had that chat about Valentine's Day before, mate, but very diplomatic answer. So I'm sure the missus would be happy with that one. Mate, from there, we're going to go through. So <laughs> runners for this Cox plate. Now it's worth an absolute mozza. It's 5 million bucks, this thing. It's over the 20, 2,040 metres around the Death Valley. Let's call it Death Valley. Mm. Um, Mate. First of all, track conditions, or what do you want to do the track conditions just quickly for us? That'd be good. Yeah, mate. Yeah, so rail's in the true position. It's also true tonight. As we chat and mate, I've got the uh, the current Friday night um, Mooney Valley meeting up in the background behind us here. So just keeping a little, you know, one side eye on proceedings, but it's true tonight. So there's obviously going to be a bit of traffic and wear. Fine weather predicted, good for expected tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see the pattern. And like I say, we'll be keeping a close eye on tonight. Let's go through the field for the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Obviously, as mentioned, over the 2040. And top of the market, Romantic Warrior second up, $3.90. Alligator Blood's there for Tim Clark, $5.50. Mr. Brightside's there, $7.50, as well as Fangirl and Militarize on the same line. Gold Trip's there at 8 bucks. Then we got a bit of a gap to Victoria Road at 14s with Zaki. King Colorado's 27. Jewess is 31s. My Oberon is 51s. And Pinstripe rounds them out at 70s. Alligator Blood has the advantage of drawing more towards the inside versus his probably main counterpart up on top of the speed, which will be Zaki. Expecting those two to roll forward, I don't think that Lane will want to just hand up to TC on Alligator Blood. I'm expecting them both to pair off, and at the very least, Lane will sit on its outside. I don't think he'll want to get caught on the inside at the Valley over 2,000. They're probably the first two. I think Romantic Warrior can settle a little bit closer now, second up. He's also drawn ideally in the middle. 
Uh, you've got Mr. Brightside towards the middle as well. And I think King Colorado, just with the lightweight, will be a horse that will boot up and try and inject some more speed into this. So expecting a pretty genuine tempo. It all depends on does TC get control on Alligator Blood and is there a moment where he stacks them up at, say, the, the 12 to 1,000 metres? Always a strange tactical affair, the Cox Plate. Sometimes they go ballistic. Sometimes they walk and stack up and then leave it to that last 600 to really turn it on. Um, it's always a really testing 2,000 metres. So, look, let's go through. So we're going to go through from runners one all the way through to the end. And Romantic Warrior is top of the mark. Uh, sorry, top of the weights in a wait for age <laughs> little tussle here. And James McDonald, the jockey, and Shum is the trainer there, $3.90. He's second up today and all intents and purposes are from the camp that this was always the target, obviously. This is what they came over here for. But there'll be a few punters still sort of licking their wounds after that first up performance where it has to be said he was lacklustre. And I know there was a ton of noise going on outside of that. He left feed throughout the week. I think you mentioned they were shipping some feed over from Hong Kong just to make sure he got what he needed. He must be a fussy prick. But if you want to believe all the noise that he's bounced back and ready to come, and also if you take him on that QE2 win that he won last prep over 2,000 metres, he has to be rock hard in this. And I understand why he's still favourite despite that lackluster run last time. What always confuses me though, Ned, any horse that hasn't been around the valley before, they'll take him for a Tuesday or a Wednesday track gallop. First of all, the witches had to about 15 lengths away from the inside fence. So they're basically just going around a, a real narrow corridor and going at their own pace. And everyone's going, oh, geez, he, he got around the valley so well. What the fuck are they talking about? It's not race day. There's no race day conditions. There's no race day speed. There's no other horses to negotiate. You're not trying to jostle for position. So I'm in a camp that says, you know, you need to be taking – overs for a horse that's having a look at the valley for the first time i just think at the quote that he's currently at i'm not denying the ability i just need to see him do it at the valley and yes this has obviously been the target all the way but he was well held by gold trip first up he went straight past him in that turnbull so based on the price i'm not going to be playing on him but i do respect his talent and i respect that this was the target all the way along it was a borderline soft five track wasn't it in the turnbull yeah sting was out I think getting to a good four is going to help this horse for sure. And I think second up is obviously the big key. No doubt they've left plenty in the tank from that first up, first up effort. They went into that probably 75% wound up. I reckon they would have had a pretty tough few weeks of training now. Obviously, mm. track gallop around, around the valley. And now you're getting $4. I think it's interesting. Like the, This horse is the highest rated horse in the race, well and truly. It's performances over 2,000 metres, the second and none in the field. We've got seven stars for five wins. He's two from two, second up. McDonald's just so bullish about this horse as well. And I think we get $4. To me, I think it's actually the wrong price in the race. I think $4 is a little mm. bit... I, th I think it's been an overreaction from that Turnbull run. I think everyone thought he'd come out and just brain everyone. But I think we've seen how hard it is for horses to travel over and just straight away get their assignment done straight away. That wasn't the plan. The plan wasn't to come here and win the Turnbull. The plan was to win this one. I mm. think this horse is a very, very good chance. And I'm, I'm, I think I think the price is wrong. I think it should probably be around that $3 mark. Yeah, I think to wrap him up in a bow, you touched on it real eloquently. His 2,000-metre form stands out completely off the page. And you look across the map, and we'll, and we'll go through a few of the other runners in their 2,000-metre form, but 
of all the runners in this field, he's well and truly rubber stamped at the 2,000 metres. So that's the biggest thing in his favour coming into tomorrow. Number two is Zaki. Frosty has been booked here. I don't know if Frosty's ever ridden Zaki previously. You'd have to back me up there, but I, I don't believe no. so. And Nishi, um, and $15 chance in the race from gate 12. He's going to lean on top of the speed. And yes, you mentioned that Frosty has never been on board before, but he's a very clever rider. And he's also a rider that can stand over a horse, which I think Zaki needs. So I don't think he'll be waiting for Alligator Blood to press the button and allow that horse to dictate. I'm expecting Frosty to be right up on top of the speed, sit outside uh, Alligator Blood, I should say, the whole way, and basically dictate from outside the leader, which he can do on occasion. He did miss that run last time out in the King George, which potentially could have been his third up target. So he does turn up to this third up, but he's missed a run. I believe it was off the back of some poor blood work that came back during that week. So you need to sort of take him on trust that that setback hasn't interrupted his prep. He's obviously a horse that's very classy on his day. I just think he's probably a length to a length and a half off the absolute top. A few of these would not have to turn up for him to run in the top, say, three or four. I think he is a top four or five chance. For me, he's the only horse in double digits that's a chance. And still, I'm not sure. Um, as you said, he has a great racing pattern. I think gate 12 allows him to probably cross as well. I, I like gate 12 for horses like him. He will sit outside Alligator Blood. Whether he can go with Alligator Blood over 2,000 metres is probably the question. What I will say, though, is he's been a nice build-up, this preparation. I know scratched for one run, but 1,400, 1,600, and then sort of just kept him pretty quiet for a month, a little bit fresh going into this. I think it's been nearly six or seven weeks between runs. There's a strange little air of confidence about a horse that's not absolutely flying, I would have thought. So I think Mm -hmm. slightly over the odds, definite place chance for me. Number three, Mr. Brightside is $7.50. Craig Williams on board as the jockey. And then we got Bell, Ben and Will Hayes, trainers from gate two. I mentioned it in our review podcast net after that. I don't want, it's not a failure. He's run second just to a horse that was prepared beautifully on the day, being fangirl and just obviously was electric and could not match her at, at any stage up that straight. I just look back to that jump out they had at, at Ballina or Benella. Uh, before that that King George's run. And it was just so aggressive and they used him up so much in that that I just feel like he was flat in that run. So with that being the case, I'm thinking he can hit back hard here. Everything he'd done in the prep up to that point was enormous. His figures are running through, through the roof and you and I were in agreement. So he's probably going the best in the country up to that point. So are we going to toss a horse out for one? It's not even a poor run. It's still a good run. He was just beaten by a better horse in the day. Are we going to toss him out and punish him for that, especially now that he's turning up at 750? What's probably not in his favour is the 2,000-metre form. He's had a couple of cracks. Last year's Cox Plate where sort of couldn't get into it. He finished off okay, but was still three lengths off Animo that day. And then also the Caulfield Stakes also beaten by Animo. And a lot of these horses were in that race as well. you got Alligator Blood, Zaki and these types were in those races. He's probably just not as effective at 2,000 versus the mile. I do respect him. I think he can bounce back, but I just think 1,600 and a wet deck is where he's at if he's going to win a race like this. I think he's in better form than he was last year. Obviously, he had that little hiccup. Oh, not even a hiccup. He's run second to an absolute star, as you mentioned. Still a really good yeah. run a couple of weeks back. But 
My query is the 2,000 metres. What I will say, he loves the Valley, this horse. He's a real mm. Valley specialist. He's had four starts for three wins there. Only failure came in that Cox Plate where he was, what, two lengths behind them. So he's probably going the best, if not probably the best three or four horses in the country at the moment over the mile to 2,000. How does he go in a high-pressure 2,000 is going to be the big question mark. But I'm not in his corner. I don't have him in my top four, but, geez, I couldn't knock him if it was something you liked. Um, yeah, scary, 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 scary. Um, number four, Alligator Blood, Tim Clark, Gay and Adrian, $5.50 from Gate 5. Talk about scary. Emphatically silenced the 2,000 metre question mark, didn't he, last time out? Now, that was an enormous run. And you speak about the pace that it was at. It wasn't a, a sedate tempo for 2,000 metres. Deny knowledge, maybe it wasn't even the leader. It was in a different race, let's just say. Even the, the pace that Alligator Blood was at was still a decent tempo for 2,000 metres, and he just broke hearts. Everything in behind him just could not make up ground. Jewess, who lines up in this race as well, just couldn't get anywhere near him up the straight, and he just put them to bed very, very quickly. He just obviously ticked that box, so you have to respect him now up to the 2,000 metres. He's going to land on top of the speed. I think it does depend quite heavily on what Lane does on Zaki, how aggressive they're going to be. I think there's a lot of Alligator Blood's fate is going to be in Damian Lane and Zaki's hands, so we'll have to see. I think he's going to get Zaki beat somewhere up the straight. It's just about how much does he get softened up by that horse. That's the only question mark with him. I've got him in the numbers, but gee, the market's found him really tight, hasn't he? Five, $5, $5.50 thereabouts. Just really, really tight in the market. I'm probably not going to have a play on him, but I have to leave him in the numbers because he's going to be up on top of the speed, which we know is an advantage at the Valley. And he's going as bet, like as good as and better than he ever has. So you just have to leave him in, especially with the camp. He's flying, this bloke. He's absolutely flying. We've spoken to him. He's been a little bit of a bogey horse for me. I'm going to be honest. Um, I think we've spoken about that on the podcast plenty. He is genuinely flying at the moment. And that tick off of the 2,000 metres, it's probably got me in a position now where I'm a little bit conflicted and confused as to what to do. I actually think the price is correct. I think it should be second favourite mm. in the way that the form that it brings in. This camp is just flying as well. They've just got this air at the moment. I don't know what's going oh. on. TC on board, I think not looking at the way that the race is going to shape, other than him, like, yes, Zaki is a, a forward-going horse, but he's not a run-and-gun, like, sort of horse in a race like this. He's yep. going to lead. He's going to be in front. These races can end up a bit messy in behind. Like, it's always a really physical sort of bashing that's going on in behind him. He might just be the one, mate. Like, it's mm. – um, I haven't quite figured out how I want to play him because I – without giving too much away before we go through our selections, I really do like the two top top in the market. I, I think they, I think the market's really well set to be perfectly honest. He's yeah, it's an interesting one, but he's definitely going the best he has in his seven year old career. His best opportunity to win this race is if he goes to a decent tempo, then stacks them up, but gets rolling from the thousand meters because if he stacks them up all the way up to the corner, there's too many horses in behind that are just better over 600 meter sprints. If he stacks them up, but then clicks them up at the thousand meters and gets them going, that's his best opportunity to win. And TC tends to get these right more often than not. He's got the right man on board. That is absolutely for sure. 
Number five, gold trip. Mark Zara is back on board now. He's sort of slightly mm. a bit marky boy. Um, Kieran Maher and David Eustace from Gate 8. It's also $8. Doesn't he look like a genius now, Mark Zara? He's just going to hop between horses as he pleases. And what a tip in itself that he's just gone back and forth. But still ahead, fuck this horse. I still can't work out what they're doing with the prep. They're on the quick backup now. They're 2,400 back to 2,000. Who knows what's going on here? Is it going to be another hook job like it was last year before that peak run in the Melbourne Cup? He was so forward in his first couple of runs this prep that it makes you wonder, are they going to leave anything in the tank again today, considering they're on that quick backup? And the uh, the Melbourne Cup's not in two or three weeks' time. It's Tuesday week. So he's not even going to have two weeks in between runs. He's had such a busy prep that I have to question how forward they're going to be on this quick backup. Is it just another opportunity, pick up a bit of prize money, have a race day barrier trial, basically, and then get him ready for the big dance at the Melbourne Cup Tuesday week. That's sort of what I'm thinking. I'm not going to try and outsmart the camp. And it's one of the reasons why, and there's many reasons, but there's one of the reasons why I just can't play with confidence in this race is because if he turns up based on his 2,000-meter profile and we know what he did flogging Romantic Warrior in the Turnbull, if he turns up and shows that sort of class and that intent, he can certainly win, but he's outside of my numbers, which is why it's such a difficult race. But... Have to leave him out this year. I'll be keeping a very close eye on him late. Hasn't he just been kept at that exact price of we don't know what the fuck's going on? Like eight, that $8 to $10 range of good horses is exactly <laughs> where the bookies go. We don't fucking know. Eight bucks. Like, <laughs> um, this, this is a mirror prep. This is an absolute mirror prep, prep from last year's Melbourne Cup campaign. He ran second last year in the Caulfield Cup, comes out, runs a really good third. I, I actually think if Zara rode him, he probably finishes closer i don't think he wins mm. but i don't know what melon was doing on him late um <laughs> i wasn't on him either uh ran ninth in the cox plate last year but was a really really good run in behind a lot of good horses and then obviously we know what he did in the melbourne cup so i think this will be another tick over in a way i think last week was the gut buster for him in the caulfield cup get him a really solid run over 2400 this week, I think they'll probably just go around, see if they can finish top three or four. And then I think he's going to be a massive chance again in the Melbourne Cup. So definitely a watch horse. If there's money for him, my God, have something on. Like if there is any speck of money for this horse, just stay yeah. on it, please. We'll make sure we post something if there's money for the horse. But <laughs> if he's in the $6 or something, it's, it's play time. Let's get on. Yeah, definitely. He's got the class to just purely win this. There's not many horses you can say that, they turn up if they're right, they can win. And he's definitely in that class. Number six, my Oberon, Jamie Mott for Annabelle Nisham. Jumping from gate four is $51 and I would say warranted. Geez, I would have been keen on this horse if it was a wet deck. Like if we're looking at heavy eight, heavy nine, this horse has been going super this prep and just has not been able to find that wet deck that it's crying out for. He's a horse with a ton of class. The opinion they've got of him as well, they obviously took him overseas and had that crack against horses like Romantic Warrior, uh, obviously well held on that day, but that was another dry deck. If you're looking at a wet deck with this horse, we'd be having a different conversation, but I agree with you, $51 is warranted. He goes okay, doesn't he? Like you think about just finishing just behind Mr. Brightside in that race, he goes $7.50 Brightside and you got $51 my Oberon. The maths probably isn't mathing. Like <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> but just for me, my Oberon will not be winning the WS Cox Plate. Yeah. Number seven, pinstriped, another one. Gate 11, Ben Allen, and that trainer's name, it's Jusovic. Jusovic. And 
Enver Yasovic, I'll go with. Thanks, mate. You're, you're really good at that sort of stuff. <laughs> might be just the it's might might be the quarter Italian flair, mate. Come, it comes in handy for something. Quarter's generous. Uh, quarter's generous, yeah. Pinstripe, I just don't think is a chance this year. Ned, he ran well on the two rack, but he was well held on that day. And Maya Bron finished in front of him that day. And Maya Bron's fifty, so I think the the quote is warranted for him. And I couldn't see him finishing top half. Handicap horse against these types. I don't think wait for ages. His go. Um, on the next one, one of the more interesting runners in the race. Talk about dry tracks. This girl absolutely mm. loves them. Number eight, fangirl, jumping from nine, Zach Purton aboard, and Walla is the trainer, $7.50. She was simply blistering in that King George, and what was surprising to me was how close she settled in the run. She had a nice barrier that day, and Jamak had her nice and close. As soon as she presented off the fence and went past Mr. Brightside, it was over in a very, very short amount of time, and not many horses can do that to Mr. Brightside, regardless of where he's at in his prep. So the fashion that she did it in, now you've got Purton booked. I know it's slightly a negative that J-Mac rode her that day, and he's obviously been booked on Romantic Warrior. So you have to take that into account. But Purton is the grand final jock, pure and simple. Like he turns up for these big races, and he's always going to give his horse every chance. I think it's actually an advantage for her being drawn out towards nine. As you say, Ned, it's quite often, especially when you're on the inside, it can be a bit of a bumping duel in behind. If you're out in clear air and you're getting the swinging, hopefully three-wide trail off the bend going in, that's going to be your best opportunity. And like you say, nothing suits her more than a nice firm deck. I'm expecting that inside fence to be off, say one or two lengths you want to be off, so they're going to be getting away from the fence and she might get that slingshot off the bend. So she's actually on top for me, Ned. She just needs to tick that 2,000-metre box. And I think she can go very, very close in this event, especially at the quote with Purton booked. My queries would be 2000 and the Valley. I think she she's a horse that looks like she needs a bit of galloping room, I feel, yep. personally. She looks her best when she's coming down the outside and really accelerating. Like even that Golden Eagle where she um, nearly pipped I Wish I Win, she was sort of in the ruck a little bit and then just got out late. Um, and then her win on the weekend, like two weeks ago, where she got to flush down the outside, she was fantastic. Mm. So. I worry about the tight turning track. I think seven fifty. That's as low as I've I, I have her marked. I, I have her marked more around the ten dollar mark in this field, especially wait for age conditions. Geez, you get Zach aboard though. That probably takes the dollar fifty off it, doesn't it? So you can see how the seven fifties popped up. Waller Purton, it's just grand finalists. So if you liked her as you do, I couldn't turn you off. Number nine, Dewis, Gate One, Damien Oliver, Edward Cummings. Wouldn't this be a story if Ollie could get a winner in his last little spring? $31. I don't see him getting a win in the Cox Plate, but I actually saw something, and I'm going to forget the horse's name. I, I could remember eventually, but his last Cox Plate win, I believe, or maybe first. Can't remember. Profiled as a $31 shot around that mark as well. Mm -hmm. Sort of had a few failed runs leading in. And then ended up winning a Cox Plate, and he actually came out and said it's a, it's actually a bit uncanny how similar the two are. Wouldn't that just be a strange thing? But I, I personally can't see Jewess winning it. Yeah, look, she's you've seen worse thirty to one shots in the past for sure, especially in feature races like this. She has been building along this prep really nicely. She just hasn't been able to keep tabs with Alligator Blood, unfortunately, and she's been settling back in her runs having that last sort of two to 400 metres where she's closing off nicely, but not really putting a dent in the marginal alligator blood. So I think the $31 is pretty accurate for her. I'm with you. I think the market's pretty spot on. As much as I love Ollie, I just don't think he's going to be sent out in his last Cox Plate being a winner. 
Um, just to clarify there, 97 that was Cox Plate, Dane Ripper, $40 shot, and it was on it was a horse trained by Bart Cummings, and this is Edward Cummings. So the the similarities mm-hmm. are just a little bit strange, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Moving to the next one, number 10, Victoria Road, bit of a question mark horse for me. Gate six, Blake Shin, Aiden O'Brien, $14. It's eight out to $14, been completely friendless in the betting. Jackson, can you enlighten us on a little bit of form? <laughs> where, where can we lock this horse up? Because, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly one of the unknowns. And you see it year after year with Aiden O'Brien and Joseph O'Brien bringing these horses over. In terms of its form, this prep, it hasn't done a whole lot in terms of being real forward. And I just have the feeling, and I know that you, I've got it in the numbers, so maybe I'm sort of having that inkling of wanting to forgive, but I just had the feeling that at the start of this prep, they knew they were coming for the Cox Plate third up. They knew it was the target, and they just weren't there to win those first, first two starts. But its last start, it was beaten by Buckaroo, who was okay in that King George's that Fangirl won. So if you want to tie in a bit of form there, that's probably where you're looking. He ran midfield that day, and it was a first up run in Australia. So potentially that horse will improve, and the form will get better over time. But if you look back to last prep, this horse won a Breeders' Cup in America on a firm deck. So that firm deck has been ticked. What it doesn't have is the 2,000-metre box that's been ticked. So that's what you really need to keep your eye out for. If it's a genuine speed up front, is this horse going to be able to handle that last 200 metres or is it going to be fading off? But purely on the unknown, the booking of Shin and how well he's going, we seem like we're watching the race in the background that he's just winning you know, every other time you look up, there's shins at the top of the board. He's just an absolute freak. But I've got to keep this horse on side. I've got it in my top three. I think it's a good chance if it ticks that 2,000-meter box because of the scope. It's a lightly raced four-year-old from Europe, and it just fits the profile of those horses that have come across before. So I need to keep him well and truly in the numbers. It's great insight, Jackson. It's really good insight. Um, number 11 we're going to move on to is Militarize. Obviously, 49.5 kilos for the two three-year-olds. Gate three, Zachy Lloyd gets his opportunity and obviously Australia's potentially most renowned race um, for Chrissy Waller, $7.50. Jeez, he's been well kept in the market. I think so. And the market obviously loves a three-year-old, don't they? They love the lightweights. They love a horse that's still on the up. I just think in terms of his actual campaign, the way that Caulfield Guineas was run at such a slow tempo, it's just not enough of a solid platform to him now to raise up to 2,000 metres. I just don't think that fitness is going to be there, especially if the speed is genuine. I, I've i had a bit to say about Marrera, but I think he's got a good relationship with this horse, and I'm of the opinion that the Lloyd, the Lloyd booking is a bit of a negative. And I'm sure you'll expand on that, how his form has been the last two or three weeks. There's been a, a few question marks around there. So is he coming in in the form that you need your jockey in, especially at the price? I'm nowhere near him at 750. I'd need double digits and longer to be any close, anywhere close to having a play on him. So I'm leaving him out this year. I don't think it's a year for the three-year-olds. I actually think this horse coming into this race, I, I'm a bit different to you. I actually think the preparation's been quite solid. Thought the win in the Golden Rose was fantastic. To do that over 1,400 metres was very, very solid. And then I look at the Caulfield Guineas run and what's he run? He's run fifth leaderish track they've absolutely walked like that was a crime the rate the rate that they went in that race like they just let ben mellon sit on griff and just walk he made up some seriously good ground he, he ran the fastest last four and 200 of that race he was really really good against track pattern now we get 49 and a half kilos and i think step, stepping up to 2000 is going to really suit him he's actually the one of the roughies or, well not the roughies of those 750s that i probably like the most 
Um, mm. Again, love the profile of the three-year-old with that really lightweight. Zach Lloyd. Oh, Zach. <laughs> Can I... I'm going to chat to you quickly here, Zachy. Now, I, I'm, I was a big fan of you. I was a big, big fan of you early doors. We gave you a few raps on this podcast, didn't we, Jackson? We gave you... Plenty. Plenty. Maybe, maybe we gave you a couple too many for a bloke that's still got an A and an O next to his name on the form guide. Mm. Not the time to try things this weekend, Zach. If you're going to be riding in this Cox plate, get him to the outside, take him up three deep at the 600. That's what they do. Mm. Right. Let him do his thing. You don't need to be parked between traffic trying to weave through 48 horses. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to pot him anymore. He's yeah. not well. <laughs> Covered it well, mate. I'll, I'll, I won't expand on any further. I'll leave it there. There's another three-year-old in the race who actually finished just in front of Militarize in that Caulfield Guineas, and that's King Colorado, a horse we've had a little bit of time for. He's number 12, jumping from 10. Michael D. G. This time last year, he was the man that you were talking about. He was <laughs> newfound jockey that everyone mm. had always backed and talked about, it, but just yeah. rose to new heights. Gets his ride in a big race for Marin Eustace at 27 bucks. Yeah, this horse just didn't get any favours in that run at all. He was wide the entire. He stuck on really well. And like you say, finished in front of Militarise, who had a softer run in transit. Yes, it wasn't a, a hard speed. So maybe it wasn't an advantage to be somewhere near the speed and a little bit wide. But even still, I don't think he got he got his opportunity to win that. The opinion that the stable have of this horse is enormous. They started him first up in Wait for Age Company, his first run as a three-year-old after winning the JJ Atkins over 1,600 as a two-year-old. So they know that this horse is going to be able to progress. I just think it's coming around all too soon for these two three-year-olds. Again, I question the Caulfield Guineas form. I just need to see it going forward. I don't think we're going to see it come to the fore here. I'm opposing both the three-year-olds tomorrow. We've got to that time now, that real time where we get excited. We go through our four. Um, are you happy to do a top four? Have you have you prepped? Yeah, let's rip in. Yep. Um, yep. You want to go first or second? I'll let rip, mate. I, I'm with Fangirl. I played my hand earlier, Ned. I just think she needs to tick that 2,000-meter box to be somewhere near the mark in this. It's not a hot, you know, like we've seen Winks in the past. You've seen Lee Grisher. You've seen horses like Sir Dragon A turn up. Even Animo is a three-year-old. I don't think there's a horse in this field that fits that profile if Romantic Warrior runs up to that first up run. If he goes back to his QE2 form, then obviously we're having a different conversation. But Fangirl on top for me, the price is way too attractive. $7.50, I need to be having something on. She's going to get her dry deck set up tomorrow, which she knows she loves. And you can't question Walla. If he thinks she's going to get 2,000 metres, she'll get 2,000 metres because he's the best trainer. Simple as. Romantic Warrior in for second. Again, Ned, I respect this horse's class. I need to have somewhat of an expectation that it'll improve off first up. As long as there's no more shit going around, like, oh, the horse isn't eating or, you know, will it get around the valley? If you can cancel all that noise and just take it on trust, it's going to improve a ton. It does need to, granted, but I think I need to have him in. Alligator Blood, I mentioned before, I know you've got a big opinion of him as well. He's just going to land on top of the speed. He's going to get them running at the right time. He's going to have the advantage of one or two lengths on his main rival. So leaving him in and Victoria Road is the absolute unknown shin booked, you know, that, that European sort of lightly raced four-year-old coming in. Lots of question marks there, but those are the top four and chances don't end there. Awesome. It's a good little top four. It's exciting. Um, now I could, I could barely split these two, but 
I'm going to just lean towards the alligator on top. Alligator blood for me is top $5.50. I just think this horse is flying. He, he just ticks all the boxes for things that I like about a racehorse. Tough, fit, on speed, it, it, proven in this preparation. Now comes in fourth up. Stable's absolutely flying. We get Tim Clark on board. I don't think the race shapes to be as high pressure as most Cox plates usually are. I think he's the standout leader as he is in most of his races. I think he's going to be really, really hard to beat. And if if he's got his chance to win one of those real big group ones, I think this is his best one. So alligator blood on top for me. Gee, it's almost a Quinella bet for me with Romantic Warrior. I know they're the top two in the market, but I think it's for good reason. I'm complete, not ignoring the first up run, but I'm ignoring the noise about the first up run. And I'm just going to look at that as he was $2 that day. We are now getting $4 second up for a horse that traveled mm. Hong Kong over here. First time having a look in the country, like God knows what goes on with these horses. Now that it's had a run, second up record's really, really good. And this is the best 2000 meter profile horse we have. I think it's a clear second pick. Next choice is the three-year-old militarized. I've just had to land on this horse. I think 49 and a half kilos. I'm not, I, I can't say that it's run in the Caulfield Guineas was a failure. I think it was a fantastic run coming off a of golden rose. Um, I think 2000 meters at profiles is a really, really strong chance for me. Obviously, Waller bringing it here as well. I feel like it was part of the plan the whole way. And Zaki's the knockout one for me. I'm going to put him in for fourth, $19. He's up on pace as well. We know that his whole preparation is always based around Cox plates in Queen Elizabeth's. He's a 2000 meter horse gets frosty on board as well. And I think he's going to be probably sitting box seat. If not outside the leader, he'll give a side if you like him. So nice little place bet at 460 as well, but it's just, it's just one of the best races. Well, it probably is the best race of the year. Like I know the Everest has sort of caught wind and become this real hype race for typically younger people between that sort of 18 to 30, but for the real purists mm. and for the ones that love their racing, this is what it's all about. Well, you take out those two or three that can't win. These are our 10 best. There are 10 best miler to 2000 meter horses. And, you know, it's been thrown around quite a lot, but it's the best two minutes in sport, as they say. So absolutely can't wait for it. Bit of divine intervention there. As you were chatting, I've obviously got racing.com up in the background. I saw Militarise come up, as you mentioned, his name doing the track gallop next to Fangirl. So maybe that's a bit of an omen popping up, but can't wait for tomorrow. Just quickly, can you just recall your numbers again from one through to four for the for the viewers, just in case? Righto, so Fangirl, what number is she, Ned? I don't do the numbers, mate. I'll do mine. My numbers were four, one, 11, and two. That was Alligator Blood, Romantic Warrior, Militarise, and Zaki in for fourth. Righto, I'm fangirl. She's eight, number one, romantic warrior, alligator blood, number four, and lastly was 10, Victoria Road. Awesome, mate. Good luck. Um, I'm sure it'll be an absolute ripper rendition of the Cox Plate. It always is. Death Valley, what's it going to produce? Who knows? Could be anything. Here we go. Can't wait. Awesome. Can't wait for it, mate. All the best. Um, listeners as well, obviously, if this is the only one you've listened to, we've got the other podcasts on the other side of this too going through the other races at the Valley and a couple at Randwick with the invitation on. Make sure you can tune into both because you don't want to miss anything. Plenty of punts out there, mate. Good luck.